You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. You guys, I'm so excited about my new sponsor because these people are very near and dear to my heart. They've been one of my main clients, if not my main client, for like over the past 10 years. I'm talking, of course, about Twisties and they're sponsoring my podcast now and I'm so thrilled. If you didn't know, Twisties is the ultimate site for lesbian and girl-girl scenes. It explores your deepest and sexiest fantasies. I've been producing for Twisties for years, like I said, and honestly, I can say it's some of the work I have been the most proud of and the most excited to share with the world. Twisties has been creating the hottest glamour porn for over 18 years with the top names in the industry, now exclusively streaming girl girl content. Their scenes showcase the most recognizable models working with the best fresh faces, making waves in adult entertainment. Twisties Treat of the Months feature exclusive content and videos produced by me, highlighting the hottest girls of the moment, letting them show off what makes them so addicting. Treat of the Months have included Gina Valentina, Alina Lopez, Emily Willis, Desiree Dolce, Demi Sutra, and Twisty's current treat of the year, Molly Stewart. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com or you can find them on Twitter at Twisties and on Instagram at Twisties Treats. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is the show about sex the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Today's guest is Lance Hart, producer, director, network owner. He is basically what so many people in the industry are today. We kind of wrap them all up in this title, content creator, which just basically means that you do everything. Lance is the husband of one of my former guests, Charlotte Sart. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode as well. And together they deform and together they form a delightful team of sexually fluid, fun people who thrive in an open relationship. And we talk about that relationship, specifically how they manage as a couple who engages in sex work, whether it be shooting porn with other people or working in a brothel, which, as you may recall from the previous aforementioned interview with Charlotte, she did do for quite some time before things changed with COVID. Apparently, people who have listened to that episode still call the alien cat house requesting her and just uh, PSA guys, she does not work there anymore. We also discussed the stigma Lance has come up against for being a crossover performer. For those of you not familiar with porn jargon, that means somebody who works in gay and straight porn, his mission to educate other content creators on how to be successful in the adult industry, and so much more. So let's welcome the very charming, knowledgeable, and quite funny Lance Hart.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. I want to, first of all, apologize for all of the moving crates that you can see I'm surrounded by. I am moving out of my house that I have lived in for the last 20 years. So I'm in the middle of utter fucking chaos, but I am so fortunate today to have a respite from that because today I have Lance Hart, performer, director, network owner, and so many other titles that we could attribute to him that we couldn't actually come up with them all. Lance, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is great. Your house looks great for middle of moving. Oh, thank yeah. you. It's the crates were only just delivered today, so it's going to get worse. Right. I actually had another interview scheduled at the end of the week and I canceled it. Cause I was like, what am I thinking? I'm going to go insane. Yeah. So this is just the beginning of um, the chaos. But uh, after that, I will be in a new space and I think everything will be a lot easier. So, but how, thank you. How are you doing? Man, life is good. I don't know. Just living the dream. Um, it's a good day to be in porn, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Life's good. Just hey, we have a, a, a house guest, says my wife and, and a performer, uh, Helena Locke, is staying in her guest room, and then four cats, and get, getting through life. You know, yes, I actually yeah. saw on your Twitter that you are the what top one percent cat dad. Is that what you titled yeah, yourself? It's important. I track it. Yeah, I track <laughs> it compared to all the other cat dads, and like, yeah, we do really good. So, yeah, yeah. We. You also mentioned your wife who my listeners should know is Charlotte Sart, who was on my podcast back when we could actually record in the studio. So that was quite a few years ago. And she was wonderful. Um, big fan of hers. So I'm very excited to have you on. How long have you guys been married for now? Uh, we just celebrated two years. Fantastic. So, yeah. And we've been together for a little over four. Yeah. That's so yeah. great. It's been awesome. So tell me a little bit about how you started in the industry, because I know you have like, you've, you've gone through quite a few changes to arrive at where you are now. And it seems like you're involved in a lot. So give us a little bit of uh, background. Sure. Well, so, um, I started porn, I was like 27 years old. And the, the thing is I had tried so many things before I did porn. Like I had, like a lot of failed careers. Um, and then went to college, put myself through college, worked the whole way through that, got the bachelor's degree and then failed at better jobs, you know, like, like, like grown up businessman jobs and stuff like that. Just had some colossal failures there and it just didn't fit anywhere. Um, so when someone asked me to be in a gay porn, uh, I'd always been straight up until that point. I was like, well, okay. I mean, oh, wow, it pays a lot. I didn't know. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, I'll go make 1900 bucks to go jerk off. Um, so when I did that, I knew there was going to be a lot of trouble, like from, you know, friends who were judgy, you know, people in my life, uh, my family, uh, if they ever found out and they knew they eventually would because it's the internet, uh, there's going to be hell to pay. So I just had to decide I'm going to make this work. Like, I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, this is what I'm doing until I'm retired from work, period. Like, I need to make porn make me a really good living and be fulfilling and all that kind of stuff. So, um, 
so yes, I did the gay porn thing for like a couple of years. I was in a contract with Sean Cody, who's like an awesome company and they're great to work with. And, uh, I loved it. And I did like more than I thought it would just be like, Oh, this will be easy money, whatever. I'll hook up with some dudes and make some really good money. And then I'll figure out, you know, what to do from there. But I ended up just loving the, all of it, the cameras and the lights and the booking and the, meeting people from all walks of life and working with them and you get intimate with them. But then someone says cut and then you just kind of high five and you go back to your work. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. love that. The super intimate and then super, Oh, we're just at work. Just. Yeah. Like there's no like strings attached. There's no like long-term yeah. commitment. You can have that moment and then you can walk yeah. away. And I love like, like I, when I had office jobs, I would be so bored out of my mind. The only thing that would get me through the day would be when someone had like real, really cynical jokes or like dirty jokes, you know, outside smoking cigarettes or whatever it was. It would kind of like wake me up to like, okay, all right, I can handle this. We're just weirdos joking around. And porn sets are like plenty of weird jokes all day. Like you can be, <laughs> you have the dumbest humor, you get a weird humor, dark humor. You can really, because you're already putting stuff in your butt. You know what I mean? So the bar is like way down there. So you can, like, I'm not that funny, but I can like, my dad jokes, you know, they hit and stick all day on a porn set. You know, so it's like, I just love it. And uh, I love that. That's like a great quote, like porn where dad jokes thrive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause you're just, yeah, cause everybody like, you know, shoving tilt up my butt, getting ready to do anal. This person over there's cleaning out. That person's jerking off to their phone, getting hard. There's a lady over there, you know, taking her OnlyFans selfie stuff. And then you just, you know, even something a little tiny bit funny is like super funny. Yeah. So that's, I was like, ah, oh, thank God. Finally, I can like, I needed a low bar, I guess, for that. And uh, I don't know, I just loved it. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so I knew I had to make it work. And uh, I worked for a small startup, like software companies and internet companies before. And I was in love with the idea of having a small business and one day owning my own business. So, Porn was an easy one to do. I just had to buy a cheap camera and like books and people and like put a little, I mean, I started my first production company with like 1200 bucks, I think, you know what I mean? Like total like that, everything. And that's amazing uh, to start a business and it made a profit four weeks later. It was in the, it was in the green and it was like profitable. So uh, like a couple months after that, it was like really profitable to where I didn't have to do anything else. It was like, okay, I'm making six figures a year, making porn, and um, this is what I want to do. So I just uh, knew I had to make it work and really work. And so when I run into people from my life who were judgy about porn or sex work or like, how could you do that? Or, oh, God, do you do gay stuff? Or, oh, you do trans stuff? Like the, the phobic people, when I ran into them, or just the judgy people in my life. Um, I can at least say with confidence, like, yeah, but it's like a really awesome living and I enjoy everybody I'm around and I'm kind of rich now. So like, fuck off, you know, like, kind of like it just, just kind of like work, especially if people who know me as, I mean, my whole twenties, I was always broke and just, I was the guy that was always overdrafting bank accounts. Uh, like, Oh, my phone's not working. I couldn't pay the bill. Can I sleep on your couch to get a cigarette? You know what I mean? I was like such a, I don't know, like a loser, you know, as a late bloomer. And so to have something really like work is um, it's a big deal to me, but it, but it wasn't like, Oh, just do porn and that'll happen. Cause that's not, the, I mean, you know, that's not the case. It's, it's hard. You got to really be creative and have something. Your porn has to stick out and there has to be a reason people want to pay for it. 
because it's very competitive out there. So I just did everything, everything I could do to like make sure the porn on my network makes money. It's good. The people are treated well. And it's, I don't know. Um, sorry, that's kind of a ramble, but that's kind of, but that's not how I started. But that's why I started. I guess. Right. So I, I do want to ask you about how it's, it sounds to me like you said that you were straight, but then you started doing gay porn. Did you have absolutely no interest in men whatsoever? Or do you think that that is something that it's just, you'd never had the opportunity to explore before you were offered like, like a yeah. job in that. Right. I, you know, honestly, maybe I could count on my hand the times that I had considered doing something sexually with a guy, like mm-hmm. up until I was 27. Um, mm-hmm. And it was never like, Oh God, I, you know, I was never ashamed of that. It was, it would just come up while masturbating or something, mm-hmm. you know, like an image would flash in my head and I'd be like, Ooh, Mm. You know, but not like a, I don't know. My go-to is, um, I was always more straight leaning, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like women in pantyhose and, and boobies and the fetish stuff I like and all that kind of stuff. That was like always the go-to. Um, but it just never, it, it wasn't anything like, uh, Oh, never do that. Or, Oh, that's wrong. Or any, there was no feeling this way or that about it. You know, it was just like, a, okay. Uh, I had done so, I mean, really done so many jobs before that. So like when someone offered me a job as a, a water aerobics instructor for senior citizens, and that's also something I'd never consider. Right. And I was like, well, how much does it pay? I get, okay, I'll be there, whatever. I got to pay bills. And I showed up and I'm in a pool of floaties with a bunch of really, really old people trying to get them to move and not drown. And it's pretty uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's like uncomfortable because I'm in the pool in my swimsuit with all these old people and I don't really know what I'm doing. And I, you know, um, I'd also been a salesman and, you know, cold call got in front of like the big decision maker of a fortune 500 company when he doesn't want me in his office and done a pitch and then got a meeting and then did a presentation to the whole board of directors and they don't want what I'm selling at all. I just had to like sell my way into it. That is so much more uncomfortable than taking a dick in your ass when you don't know you're gay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so much worse, especially then when you don't get the deal and you failed. And then you go back, well, I didn't get paid. Oh, God, it's just humiliating. It's constant failure. Um, and then as it turns out, I mean, fast forward now, it's I'm 41 years old and I'm, uh, you know, they change the words all the time. But I guess I identify as bi, where I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I like dudes, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm married to a woman. I love my wife. And more often than not, that's, you know, that I fantasize about my wife. I mean, that's amazing. But I also like, really like sucking dick and like taking the butt. I'm like very much about it. You know what I mean? Like even you and my wife, she's fucks me with the strap on me pretty often. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like stuff that I like. Um, but I think people just put too much weight on it. Like, um, doesn't make any sense if someone's like, Oh, I kissed a guy once. Does that mean I'm gay? And I'm like, why would it matter? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask you that question because, you know, we live in a world where it's absolutely acceptable and hot for girls to experiment with other girls, you know, even if they identify as straight and they may have, you know, a lesbian experience and then, and that's like, oh, that one time in college and they can like tell their, you know, the other moms in their mommy and me group, you know, 20 years later and everybody laughs, but I'm like, oh, that's so hot. How amazing is that? But yeah. if a guy 
does that. It's a totally different story. And, and straight men I have found are so terrified of being um, labeled as any, as being anything but like really, really straight. You know, I mean, even like dressing a certain way is like gay, you know, and there's just, there's such a fear. Right. There's such a fear with men and like their masculinity and, um, and, and how they feel, you know, and, and how they appear sexually. So, and I've always wondered not being a man myself, if like maybe every man has a fantasy about another man every once in a while, but like, you know, they would never like almost no straight man would ever admit that if that was true. So that's why I was just so curious about your story. It's hard to say. And I, I, I believe there's probably like actually hundred percent straight people out there because I know quite a few hundred percent gay people who are mm-hmm. like, they were born through a C-section. They have never touched a vagina in their whole life. And they just was not. And, and when you mention licking a vagina to them, they throw up in their mouth. Like, yeah. oh, oh god, oh. Yeah. and like that's 100%, right? So, if there's that, there's got to be 100% straight, right? Mm-hmm. I would, I, I don't know, I'm making this up, but I would think. But I have noticed that, like, real the term like real men, like, really, like, I do some training for as a hobby, like, gun stuff. And uh, when I'm training with guys who are like ex Navy SEALs or the Green Beret, you know, Delta Force, those guys. They do not give a fuck about gay stuff or not. And, you know, I mean, I have a little rainbow flag I put on my gun belt. And every now and then one of them will be like, oh, yeah, my captain in the in the SEAL, he was gay. That's cool, bro. You know, or whatever. You know, they're like, oh, cool, whatever. You know, they just don't, they're not threatened. You know what I mean? By any of that. Some of them are so manually they're like, oh, yeah, I'm such a man. I fuck men sometimes. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, but it's the dudes that are not that, uh, maybe a little insecure about, am I a man? You know, comparing themselves to those guys that, like, they get a little, is this gay? Is this not gay? I, I, that's just my experience. But I, I've just kind of not, like, ever cared. I mean, I, man, I've had countless, I mean, you when people find out you're in porn, at least for me, like my Facebook, if I get a Facebook message, hundred percent, it's someone I went to high school with or I knew before I was in porn and they have a sex question. You know what I mean? Everyone else DMs me on Twitter or texts me or something like that, you know, but a Facebook message, that's that. And I get regular messages of people questioning sexuality. Like I do a lot of pegging. So like a lot of guys, like I, I'm, I, I want to get pegged, but I don't know if that makes you gay and blah, 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 you know, and it doesn't um, logically makes no sense because uh, time is a um, a thing. Like like if you if I sucked a dick last week, I guess that was a gay thing. So in that moment, I was doing a gay thing. But then a week later, I'm, my wife's walking through the house in leggings, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you're so hot." That's a straight thing, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you? The, the thing I did last week has no effect on the thing the next week. I don't know if I'm making sense with that, but it doesn't, you know, in the moment you can't, what you did in the past doesn't affect your sexuality now. Yeah. I guess it's like, yeah. I mean, I guess it's our, our obsession with 
it just comes down to like labeling ourselves and our obsession yeah. with labeling ourselves and our obsession with being like, you know, what box do we fit in? Are we gay? Right. Are we straight? Are we bi? And could one experience identify our sexuality for the rest of our life? And could we ever get past that? Um, there was one performer and I, I'm not going to name names, but I do, I do know that there was uh, somebody who, you know, had done a gay scene once and he, um, struggled with the stigma of having done that once, you know, he wanted to work in straight porn and it was something that followed him for a long time. And it was, it was very hard for him to get past that because a lot of girls didn't want to work with him because he had done a gay scene 10 years ago or whatever it was, you know? Um, and it like defined him, even though it was just this one experience he tried, he didn't like it. And, uh, he, he really wanted to work with women, but it really became this blockade for him. And so I want to ask you how your experience has been as what, you know, we call a crossover performer. You actively now do gay stuff, gay porn, and you do straight porn. Um, so things have been changing. Have you seen a big change? Is your experience different now than it was? Five years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, and especially in the past couple of months, I would say, I mean, we could just put a nail in the coffin, like the war is over. You know what I mean? Like it's done, it's peacetime now. Because uh, Dante Cole won the best performer of the year at Exodus, which was an award. The other nominees were cis women, uh, cis men, um, straight performers, gay performers, crossover performers, trans performers. I mean, it was like all, all around performer. The one that won was Dante, who works with men, women, and trans women. Yeah, because before that award had been only for mainstream straight performers. I just want to make yeah. sure our listeners know that so they know like how that changed, what it's a huge, change that is. Yeah, It is a huge deal. And his... Due to that, his bookings went up. He got signed, or he decided to, he didn't get signed. It's not like uh, it fell on him. But he made a deal with uh, OC Model, and now he's a, he has an agent. Like, he's a crossover with an agent. That's huge. That's never happened before. Especially OC Modeling, who was blatantly anti-crossover for so many years. I mean, mm. for them to make that change is um, huge. I mean, they blacklisted me at least five times you know, over the years, like put out bulletin emails, like with my picture, my Twitter, uh, put out an APB on Lance Hart. Dude, if you see him on set, go home immediately. You know, <laughs> it's just like, whoa, okay. Um, and and for them to make that change and decide to represent crossover is huge. I mean, uh, so it's obviously a huge, I, I'd say it's done now. Like it doesn't, you know, I mean, war's over. But, but for me, how it affected me is, um, I mean, any um, anything could be good and bad at the same time. So I didn't know about it. I started in gay porn, and then I bought a camera, started making fetish porn with women in Tampa, Florida, where it's mostly hand jobs. I mean, Tampa, there's not a lot of actual transmission of fluids. It's just the way that's the um, uh, that's the culture there. Like a lot of porn gets made in Tampa, but it's like foot fetish, foot jobs, hand jobs, face sitting ball busting, pegging, like it's not balloon popping, you know, it's the fetish stuff, right? That's interesting interesting that it's so specific. Tampa, Florida has like that very specific niche of porn. Yeah. Well, it's the Eclipse for Sales base there. 
And FatCon, FetishCon is a yearly convention for that, for the, that kind of porn. Mm-hmm. And I think it just attracted people over the years probably. So, so right. it kind of makes sense that it's there. But that's where I was living. And I, I'm a kinky fetish guy. So I was like, heck yeah, I'll pay women to put on pantyhose and jerk me off and make me come on and make me lick it off. That sounds like a party, right? I put it on the internet and sold my money. Um, and I was doing that for a while until I met someone from Fort Lauderdale, which is the other side of Florida, where there's straight porn being made, you know? And uh, and they said, oh, I'd love to do a scene with you. Da, 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 da. And then they found out I used to do gay porn. And they're like, oh, I can't. Like, I want to, but I literally can't. If I do that, I'll never work again. I hope you understand. And I was like, okay, like, I get it. Well, man, I don't get it, but, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't make no sense to me. Um, but that creates a supply and demand thing. So now... I, I realized really quickly there's like very few dudes who will work at the time would work with trans women who would get pegged in a movie and uh, would do buy stuff. Um, there was like almost none. I mean, literally like I was like one of maybe three in the country that could do it. And I mean, there's guys that would do it, but like that, that was my job, you know, like full time. And I worked out and went to the gym, took care of my body, made sure it looked good and all, I had all the stuff, you know, to make it look good. So I literally, but I got booked more than most straight guys, I think, at the time. I mean, it was just constant bookings. I couldn't. There's more bookings than I could handle in a month. You know what I mean? I was getting flown all over the country to do this stuff. And, and my rate, I could name my own rate. Uh, you know, like, hey, we want to book you to get uh, fucked in the ass by a lady with a strap on. I would just make up a number sometimes. I'd be like, oh, $1,000. And they'd be like, really? Because straight porn, we pay those guys like 500 bucks most of the time. I'm like, well. Find someone else, I guess. And they'd be like, okay, thousand bucks. Here you go. Yeah. So yes, find a man, man. So, and then I would shoot pegging because no one else was really doing it. Cause the guys who want, there's no guys that looked good or whatever. You know what I mean? That had like the model, look like a model that would get fucked in the ass. Um, they were putting it on the internet. A lot of people wanted to do it at the time. Now I know, but um, they were scared of the stigma. Like that makes me a crossover then I can't do it or I want to work with trans women, but they don't ever work in straight porn. So when you're the only one doing it, I mean, it was ridiculous. I was spending maybe 2000 a month on making these clips to put on clips for sale. And I was making like 16,000 a month and just return, you know, I mean, that's a crazy business to be running. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. And I could shoot it in my apartment with the extension cord and the cat box in the background. I mean, terrible production quality. But it didn't <laughs> matter because I was the only one doing it. And it just, raking in the dough um so that was how i was able to finance uh starting a whole network with pay sites affiliate program all all that stuff uh if i had been just a straight performer who just does that i think the best i ever could have done has been a guy who i might have been able to move to la and get booked once or twice a week and i might have made seventy thousand in a good year you know what i mean i don't think i never i'm friends with seth gamble i'm not at his level performer. I mean, that dude's a really, really good actor and really good performer. Um, I don't think I would have made it as far as he did. You know what I mean? I'm just not as good as him. Uh, so I think I would have done about half as good as him, which would have mm-hmm. not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been happy with that. I mean, he's happy. He's doing great, but I wouldn't have made it in, as a straight form. So it's the only way to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we are going to be right back. We've got, um, I want to talk about your Perva education program. I think that's really cool. cool. 
We're going to talk more about his wife, Charlotte Sartre and so much more guys. So hang tight. We'll be right back. If you're a regular listener of my podcast, you've heard me complain a lot lately about moving. Well, I finally moved last week, but my new bed set never made it. However, you know what did make it? My new Helix mattress. And thank God for that. This is the most comfortable mattress I have ever slept on, which was such a welcome relief after a 13-hour moving day. And thanks to their easy two-minute online quiz, I was able to find a mattress that suited both my preferences, super soft, and a side sleeper, and my husband's very firm back sleeper. We've never been able to find a mattress that we both enjoy until now. And let me tell you, with a five-month-old baby, we need as much restful sleep as we can get. Take the guesswork and the footwork out of buying a mattress and get your perfect fit with Helix's online customization and speedy home delivery. Helix was awarded the number one best overall pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And just for my listeners, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Just go to helixsleep.com slash holly. That's helixsleep.com slash holly for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped. We are in the thick of winter and storms a brewing. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's been taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Their electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, has ceramic blades and advanced skin safe technology so any snags on your snowballs will be greatly reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. You can get it all in the performance package which comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. This bundle also comes with a crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner. And while you're at it, check out all their other products such as cologne, foot deodorant, and so much more. When you're cuddling with that special someone in front of the fire, don't let your hairy balls give you cold feet this winter. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOLLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code H-O-L-L-Y at manscaped.com. All right, everybody, we are back. So if you haven't seen my interview with Lance's wife, Charlotte Sart, you should. And one of my most popular clips actually is when she talks about working in a brothel. And it was one of the first times that one of my guests had been open about that kind of work. And she does mention you. And she mentioned, I think, how like, Sometimes you would bring her all of, I think it had something to do with Olive Garden. You took her to Olive Garden afterwards or you brought her breadsticks yeah. to Olive Garden, something like that. And I noticed that a lot of the comments on my YouTube channel was, oh my God, how could your husband handle being married to somebody who works in a brothel? Like very curious about what kind of person you were that you could allow your wife to do such a thing. So now that I have you here, could you yeah. maybe help people understand, you know, how your relationship works and um, how perhaps you guys could have something that allows you both to work in the sex work industry and not have like jealousy or possessiveness, possessiveness issues? 
Sure. Yeah. And I got, well, first of all, she um, isn't currently not, she's not doing the brothel thing currently. Um, because, I don't think anybody is, right? Because well, of COVID. COVID and yeah. she's crushing it with her own production. You know what I mean? Only fans. She just started a new site uh, also, like her own standalone site. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's just no need to go. The, the thing is, we live in Vegas and the brothels, the brothel, I would say brothel, brothel, anyway, the whorehouse. It's like a two hour drive out into the desert. And it's a whole thing because you got to go get tested, do a thing. Blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of hoops to jump through just to go get paid to do that work. And don't you have to stay there for like a week or something like that? Yeah. And she would uh, answer all that stuff way better than I would. But I, from what I remember, um, a lot of times she would have to go, because it's not like she could go to where we get talent tested. She had to go to the county. It's a legal thing. So she had to go to the county, like uh, whatever center and wait in line, ticket, ticket. It's like a DMV situation and, and get her test there and then immediately go to uh, Alien Cat House and then just kind of live there, which is like a truck stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a hotel on a truck stop. And just live there for a day or two until the person shows up that booked her. And then it's a lot. It's, it's a lot to jump. So, um, so she's not, not doing that anymore. But it's funny because from this podcast, she told me the other night, she's, uh, I was like, oh, I'm doing Holly's thing. She's like, oh, cool, man. They still try to book me there at that broke because your podcast is really big. You have a lot of listeners. So I'll, I guess a lot of listeners like looked her up and then called the alien cast where she used to work, try to book her. And they're like, wow. Really I mean, you know, right. I'm kind of happy to hear that, but also like yeah. that since she's not working there anymore, I hope that perhaps they're redirected to her OnlyFans or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, well, at least if they're Googling her, then yeah, find, that's true. That's hopefully true. her, her, pay site and uh and then yeah but uh the um but yeah no i get it like a lot of i mean i get why someone who's not in the situation would think well that's got to be odd you know like that a husband would drop his wife off at the whorehouse to like go do work but honestly it didn't it was just like the next thing for us and uh like i guess the first thing to put in perspective is if uh, I've barely done any escorting in my career just because I, I I run a network, so it doesn't, there's no time. It doesn't make sense. But I have a couple times, and I had Adam Rentman, you know what I mean, for a little bit. Um, it's, it was, that wasn't weird, you know what I mean? So why would it be weird if she does the same thing? And mm-hmm. then also I'm doing porn with other women and having sex with other women for my OnlyFans. So why wouldn't she? It'd be unfair if she wasn't doing what she wanted to do, right? Right. Like it'd be totally lopsided and crazy. And then the other thing is she was um, really good at it. It was so like cool to see her that empowered. I mean, the amount of money she was making, uh, I had to feel great. Um, Cause we're not talking about like, Oh, this is not a situation where it's someone saying, I really need money. I'll go do this for the money. This is like, Oh, there's an opportunity there. I think I'd be really good at it and I can make thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's something I enjoy. And um, I was really proud of her for killing it. I mean, she was like the number one prostitute in Nike for a while. You know what I mean? How many husbands can yeah. say that? My wife, that? This is true. My wife, <laughs> number one prostitute in Nike. So, you know, that, that's pretty cool. So I, yeah, I was super proud of her. Yeah, she was like, 
it was just really impressive to see the whole thing. You know what I mean? And um, and I'm free to do my stuff. I mean, I'm always doing weird business stuff on my own. And we, we just don't, we keep our money separate and our businesses separate. We like, hey, we, we split the rent at our house and like the house bills with the internet. And literally that's it. Our cat vet bills, like we split those. But I mean, that's it. So when she, she wants to buy a harp lately, she wants to learn how to play harp. And it's a very expensive instrument. And I'm like, cool, have fun. I hope you get a heart you love. It's not like a lot of marriages where I guess they would be like, why does my wife want to spend thousands of dollars on a heart? You know what I mean? Like, because it doesn't affect me at all. I'm like, okay, I like guns and stuff. So I'll go buy a $4,000 gun. She's like, cool, I hope it shit's good. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you know, there's no beef over that because we each run our own totally separate empires you know so it, how she wants to make money is like i just i just think it's awesome like, do, do your thing you know it sounds to me like what makes your relationship work on on the level when with your finances then also you know your job prospects is that there's not really like a sense of ownership there no. that i think a lot of people have with relationships like this is my wife this is my husband you know, there's a set of rules that you absolutely must follow. And, you know, you can't go do the things that you want to do because you belong to me. And, and I'm in a monogamous relationship and I've never been in an open relationship really. And monogamy is what works for me, but I I can understand how other people can have a different relationship, you know, and how they can still, I, I, you know, you can still have sex with other people and still like really only truly love one person. Like, I think people have a hard time teasing out sex and love, right? That, yeah, you could be, I have lots of friends who are in love with multiple people and they don't lie about it, Mm -hmm. you know, like just polyamorous, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many ways to play this game of life, you know? Like there is no reason for anyone to be, that's out of bounds over there. If it's, if you're not hurting, you know? mm-hmm. like everybody's consenting of age, who cares? You know? Yeah. And I think that's actually, you know, that's a good point that you brought up the polyamory thing, because I think I just found myself getting stuck in the idea that you can only love one person, even though you can have sex with other people. So even there, I kind of showed like my internal biases and my kind of archaic thinking that, I have been fortunate enough to really like try to shake loose by, by doing this podcast and talking to different people with different lifestyles. And, um, you know, I always just believe that everybody should do what they want to do and what makes them happy. And, and it's just so wonderful to see how people can just have different kinds of relationships and, and, and be happy with that. And we don't have to like follow one very specific set of rules, you know, what works for one person, um, may not work for somebody else, but, you know, it's all, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. It's, I, I see it every now and then I'll get like crazy Instagram comments or something like that. Like I'll post a cute picture of my wife and some bro dude or whatever has to like come in and comment. Like, Ew, but she, just, what was the last one I got? I just saw your wife licking Mike Adriano's ass. And I'm like, cool. And then I'm like, Oh, he's trying to insult me. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> like what? Like I haven't licked a lot of asses. 
or won't be licking a lot of asses in the next two weeks. It's like what? Or my ass won't be licked. And then, I mean, it's literally, it could go in any direction. You know, right. <laughs> it just doesn't, yeah. there's no um, ownership. Yeah. I think if either one of us told the other one what to do, you know, like, Hey, I do this. It would be very serious. I can't, there, I'm sure that's happened in our marriage, but like, that'd be pretty, it wouldn't be out of bounds. I would take my wife very seriously if she said, Hey, I really need you, you know, but it wouldn't, it's just not how we um, partner. It's not right. partnership. It's like ordering each other around, uh, right. keeping her, you know, I don't know. But we, she cares about my safety. Like if I'm, anytime I've been like, uh, like sexually assaulted because I'm a sex worker or whatever. But I'm talking about like if I'm walking through a trade show and some lady just grabs my dick or something like that. Mm-hmm. She definitely gets, she's like, I'm going to stab that bitch. You know what I mean? Like she, but, but that's not a possessive thing. That's a, she cares about me. Yeah. Like she wants to know I'm okay. And it's the same yeah. as Like if anyone were to have hurt her, I would, oh God, it would be, it'd be bad. But uh, I really trust her to, she's just, is so street smart. I mean, she just really is very street smart and good at vetting people out and sizing people up and knowing what's safe and what's not. Like I'm me weighing in. I'm like, I don't know if you should do that. It would just be stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh perv out education where you're trying yeah. to uh, help people with information in terms of like, is it about doing their creating and maintaining their own production company? Yeah. So uh, basically when I, uh, I started on clips for sale, which now people, there's still is clips for sale. It's great. But, uh, most people do many beds and only things. So that would be like the current apples to apples comparison. So a lot of people might like my friends, people that I book in my shoots, um, almost all of them have an only fans in a porn hub and mini bits. And it's great. They're making good money. Some of them are making like 40,000 a month. Doing that. It's awesome. Right? It's crazy. But, yeah. <laughs> crazy. But if it's too good to be true, it is. Uh, so everything, you know, we're, we're both old enough to know that bubbles happen and they pop and this is amazing. Get all you can out of it, but yeah. it'll last forever. You know what I mean? Is it something else? Gonna yeah. come along, knock it yeah. off. And boop, there I, it goes. Um, I see some people burning bridges, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yeah. just, just be careful because change. you never know. You never know. And, yeah. uh, so that, and, and let's say nothing happens and, or for the next lifetime, like for the next 40 years, right? OnlyFans is still going on. People are still getting rich. You can't ever sell your OnlyFans. There's no equity. Right. It's, it's but not that's like true. you can it's never true. retire and say, okay, I'm going to, or you can't even hire someone else and delegate your OnlyFans because that, that's not how it works. They're your fans. Like, due to the terms and conditions and the rules of how that stuff works, you can't not be in your own video. You know what I mean? So you can't scale it out to a point where I want to have kids or I want to, I never want to have kids by the way, but like if someone wanted to have kids or they wanted to go to law school or they broke their leg and they can't work for a while or whatever, they, they're screwed. I mean, they literally, everything tanks. It's, it's not safe. Um, so that's why having your own standalone site is better. You can sell it. Um, the uh, I have a friend who's a broker of adult businesses, 
full-time. That's his full-time job. He's not the only guy that does that. There's a lot of people that do that. And uh, whatever your gross revenue was for the past two years, add that up. That's how much you can sell your site. For. And that's it. it the transactions happen every day. Like that. There's, it's not like, oh, who, who would I find to buy this? I mean, you'd be surprised. There's people all over the world. It's a big world. Someone wants to buy your site. So you get cash out, man. If you have a, a standalone pay site, even if it's small, even if it only has a hundred members, you could probably cash that out for a hundred grand or two hundred grand one day, which is nice. That's that's law school, med school. That's down payment on a big big house. That's paying off a lot of medical bills. I mean, whatever. It's just it's life changing money, you know. Even at that level, that and it's not that hard out of however many billion IP addresses there are in the world. I think right now we're at like 4 billion internet IP addresses. So that's 4 billion adults because you had to be an adult to get the IP address. You had to pay the bill, right? right? It's 4 billion potential customers. To get just a thousand of them to pay you 20 bucks a month, it's not that hard. You know what I mean? It's really not that hard, especially if you keep at it over time. You're not going to get that tomorrow if you start today, but... Within a few years, you can get a thousand members, pay you twenty bucks a month. That's mm-hmm. twenty grand a month. You know, times twelve, times two. That's your cash out. So that's equity. So that and a lot of people don't think of that, and um, that's like the main thing on my mind. I'm you know forty one. I, I don't know how long I can physically do porn. Probably. I mean, there's like badass like Steve Holmes. I don't know if I'm that that much of a yeah, like he's whatever awesome thing he is that he can still do. That. Is, I mean, I don't even know if he's human. He like, like, he's just, I don't yeah. know what Steve is. Steve is Steve is an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not Steve Holmes. You know, I'm just not. So I'm. I'm I mean, I met him. He's a dude is a sexual tyrannosaurus. I mean, he just he's like, what is going on there? But I'm he's amazing. He's not amazing. gonna make it that long. So I need I need another. And like I said, when I started porn, I knew. I mean, I signed up for the stigma, the hate. Shame. I don't feel the shame, but it's coming at me from the world constantly. Yep. Um, I better be able to cash out. I, how sad would it be if I was 50 years old and I had to go back to like getting on indeed.com or LinkedIn and like trying to find a normal job again? That would be crazy at this point with all the porn I've been in. You know what I mean? It would just, I don't know. I mean, if someone wants to do that, that's fucking awesome. You find something to do. But for me, I don't know. I need to retire. So standalone base site, that's why. Uh, why put, go through all the effort of putting, making a school for it? Um, uh, I'm a white guy and I present like a, I can put on a suit and look like a young white businessman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I go to conventions where there's the people that own, uh, like Brad from Mojo Host and uh, a great guy and, uh, AJ that runs Elevated X, that's, that's how you get your site built. And, uh, Designer does all the designings and all the people, the, the banks that are going to process your transactions, the people you're going to get your traffic from, which is like a whole different world. Um, all the other, all that. Uh, it was very difficult, but not impossible for me to suit up and show up and shake hands and navigate that and figure out, learn all the stuff I'd learn, you know, because somebody literally took my hand and walked me. So my friend, Sandy Pham, who I met at my first trade show was nice to me. She said, oh, here's people you need to know. Brad from Mojahos, AJ from Elevate. She listed them off and she walked me around the convention and introduced me to them. And I was taken very seriously, even though they'd never heard of me. Um, and they were willing to 
show me how everything worked and just to do business with me because they want to do business. Uh, meanwhile, my black BBW friends trying the same thing. Well, good luck with that. You know, and it's sad. It's just because of the systemic racism. And it's not, I'm not talking shit about any of those good people I'm talking about. Brad from Mojo Host is a great dude and he would not discriminate. It's the people in between. No one's going to meet a black BBW performer who has a great business idea and has worked really hard and scratched together five grand to get her entrepreneur thing going, just hustled and ready to go kill it at the world. No one's going to take that person and go introduce them to Brad and AJ and all those people. Cause when they see them at the shows, they say, Oh, you're, you're a performer. What do you do? You work for, um, what do you work for? All right. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like they don't, it, it's just, that's, that's the sad state of, systemic racism right and that makes me angry and i don't like it and it's sad so um so anyway i got about all my friend brad and everyone everyone i just mentioned helped me make a free school where all the videos are free online it's at curveout.com slash education and literally anybody can go learn everything you need to know to build your own evil angel gamma mind geek um you know, Groovy, what do you name it? The, the, the big porn company that you think is like so huge and runs everything and does all the booking and why won't they book me? Why don't they put this person on the cover? Why do they do that? You can literally supplant them. You can create your own version of them and go to market and compete if you're willing to work your butt off and sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. If, if you know how, you have to know how to do it. So that's what Provide Education is. It's just, here's literally how you do it and you can, also, all the contact information is there, like Brad. Well, I keep saying Brad from Mojo Host. It's, if you don't know who that is, um, it's the host. Mojo Host is the hosting company that hosts almost all of porn. So, yeah, they, they host my website, too. And I built on Elevated yeah. Access through AJ and Zuzana. Yeah, you know all those people. Website. So yeah. all those people I use, too. Those are the people, right? That's yeah. it. And, and yeah, you can do it. It's the internet. You could do it all in WordPress, and you could outsource it to India. I personally tried all of that. It's terrible. Don't do it. Just go to the people who already do it, and you just you just do it the way it's supposed to be done. It works, you know. So I mean? basically, you're like helping give people the tools to create their own production companies. Yes, yeah. and the connections. Like Brad's personal email is on that site, and he has said many times. He said, "And you send them to me." And he might he might email you right back because he's like super sweet guy. But he'll probably read it and be like, "Here's what you need." Okay, he'll send it on to Natalie or someone else at Mojo Host, and, but they'll take care of you. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you're just like, "I have a great idea," here's the porn I want to make. I work my butt off and save up the money to make it. What you know, like no one knows how to what to do. So that's what provide education is. It connects those dots, so we can hopefully level the playing field and um, make the power. And displace the power, whatever. So there's. And, I'm glad that you that you have that because I get. I'm sure you get this too, but I get DMs all the time about like wanting to get started in the industry, yeah. either as a performer or as a producer director. And you know, I just I'm just like, oh man, it's so much. Um, I actually plan right. Yeah, it's just like, and I can't answer everybody who writes to me. Like no. I just don't have time. So having like that. And yeah. that one place, that one resource is great. I'm definitely going to send people that way because yeah. um, super helpful. Oh my gosh. Please do. So that oh. one's free for about education. Get me into porn.com is not free. 
but it's the uh, if someone just wants to be a performer, like mm-hmm. hey, I just want to get booked. I just want to start. Like like they're starting from zero. Um, that's a different thing, but it's still super educational. All the right, the, the people that book for kink.com and some of the mind geek sites and you know the right people are in videos in that program explaining. Here's what we want to see on your Twitter. Here's what we want to see on your Instagram. Here's That's great. what the looks we're looking for. Here's if you don't have those looks, here's some other ideas. Here's some other sites you can work for. Uh, what city are you in? You're here. Do this. You're there. Do that. Your body looks like this. Do this. Try this. Try that. Literally everything you need to know <coughs> plus consent videos. And if you're new to porn, you might be a really good person, but violate someone's consent because you just didn't know. Like you didn't, you know, make new newcomer errors. And it's how to avoid that, which is like catastrophic. If you make an error like that when you're new, you could be screamed out of the industry the next day. Um, oh, absolutely. So that's all that. But that costs 50 bucks a month. But because it, it should, I mean, people had to work so hard. To, that's not something people should give away for free, like how to actually be a sex worker. But once you're a sex worker, you're a sex worker. You're, you're one of us. You know what I mean? So that's what perfect education is. For yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and then to wrap this up, I do want to talk about the FSC yeah. um, on the board of directors and, um, the FSC is the free speech coalition. It's kind of like our trade industry. Trade association. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, seriously underfunded, but really important part of the adult industry. And so I always like try to plug them when I can. So tell us a little bit about your role there and what you do. Sure. So I got, uh, I became a board, of, I was on the board of directors, uh, six months before COVID happened. And it, at first, I, w- I was just always a paying member of FSE. FSE is our trade association. People don't know. So what that means is, um, like plumbers have a trade association. Uh, everything is a trade association. If you have a diving board on your pool, the company that makes those is a trade association. Everything is, you know, everything has that. So FSE is the official trade association. So um, if you were to, uh, if someone were to contract COVID on your set, like the set that you're shooting, and then sue you, if you said, well, I'm following the trade association's guidelines, stuff that FSC said to do, so I didn't do anything wrong, the lawsuit would go to the trade association. So that would, it would skip you and go to FSC and they would, we would take the brunt of that. So that's the where the rubber hits the road. That's what the trade association is. So a lot of, I didn't know that. But that's how that works. Um, so it's a liability thing. Um, also, it's a lot of service. So uh, with COVID, man, we had to like figure out really quick how to, what the rules are going to be with COVID. With making oh man, I, re- I remember that. As hell. Um, <laughs> but what a cool experience because like the people on the board are like. I was, I, I felt like outclassed big time. I mean, these are like people that have run agencies forever. Allison that runs kink.com. Um, the John that runs smile. High. Say, by the way, so check the, her out. That? That. I was gonna say, Allison's also been on my uh, podcast as well. Oh, I bet that's a really good one. Allison's so, like, I'm super impressed by everything yeah. Allison does. Yeah. She's literally, great. she does whatever. She like drinks coffee. I'm like, look at her do that. Oh my God. Like she's, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, anyways, really sharp, sharp, hardworking people working for free and for fun figured out how to shoot porn, um, with the minimal liability and the maximum safety during a global pandemic. So I got to kind of 
be a part of that. I, I'm, I was the new guy. So I pretty much just rounded up performers and producers and I, I got info. So I would like host Zoom meetings and collect all the data from what everybody wants and stuff like that. Someone else on the team was talking to doctors and lawyers, and, you know, all that. And we had to compile all that data, put it together, squeeze it out and say, okay, these are the new guidelines. And it, it sounds easier than this. It was really hard. It was like, um, well, everyone else was like watching Tiger King in the first fun part of the pandemic. I was literally in Zoom meetings like eight hours a day, just trying to figure that out. So it was like a thing. But cool experience. Um, currently, I'm on the legislative committee with FSC. That means uh, we're the people that get the, the lobbyists. So how sex work is going to get represented on Capitol Hill, that's our job. And there's a lot of really cool people like um, uh, APAG is represented there. APAC is represented there. It's not just FSC. It's a committee that also has other people. Uh, on it and together uh, FSC is the only entity out of APAC, APAC, BIPOC, any of that, that can legally hire lobbyists um, just because of the rules or the trade association we're the ones who can do it. So together as a team, teaming up with all of them, we figure out how to get the best lobbyists, how to fund it, who's going to pay for it and go fight on Capitol Hill and make sure uh, try to get things better and try to save us from getting worse stuff happening. I don't, people don't know this, but if you're a sex worker, say you're a cam performer, like a webcam person, um, you can't get a bank account. Like if you go to the Bank of America, Wells Fargo, literally any bank ever in the world, um, and they say, what do you do for work? And you say, well, I'm a webcam person. They say, well, go home. You can't work with us. You can't sit with oh, us. You can't um, tell them what you do. You can't tell You have to lie. If you're a female and cute, like my wife, who has a lot of tattoos as well, um, she can't go to the bank without them asking what she does for work, which is interesting to me. I'm a male. I go to the bank. They don't care what I do for work. They don't even ask. I pull thousands in and out, but it would do whatever, whatever. They don't even ask. For her, she goes to deposit a check for $1,000. Four people ask her, what do you do for work? So she has to lie four times every time she does it. It's terrible. It's like such a crazy thing. Um, so that's, we need a law in place that says, hey, you can't do that. It's fucked up. <laughs> like, don't discriminate against people because they're doing a legal job. It'd be one thing if we're breaking the law, but we're not. So. Yeah. And it was never that, you know, the, the stigma and the, you know, the, the stonewalling that we get from financial institutions was never more evident until the, um, you know, relief from the government came, the yeah. pandemic relief that was uh, denied people in sex work oh, yeah. um, because of the prurient, you know, if you were engaging in sex work, interest. Yeah. Um, and so people who ran legitimate businesses and paid their taxes mm-hmm. and you know, played by the rules did all the things that other small businesses do weren't allowed to apply for the, a PPP loan simply because of the nature of what they did, even though what we do for a living is totally legal. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And the hoop, the line, we sh- I should never, we have the most honest jobs in the world. That's what attracted me to porn. When I sold software, I sold software that didn't really work, you know? And it was like really big companies. I sold, I worked for Cogent. Cogent, no one knows who that is, but they're, they own more than a third of the fiber in the world, like the, mm-hmm. the, the internet, the actual fiber internet. That, mm-hmm. So they own that. My job was to sell that connection to Google and like, you know, 
Bright House or Cox, right? So like that. And the fiber didn't always work. It would break all the time. We would say, oh, yeah, we guarantee this amount of uptime. And this. I was lying through my teeth because my boss told me to because we had to get the deal. But when I release um, Big Titty Trans Women Topping Boys number four, it is trans women with big tits and they're topping boys. And it's the fourth one. There's nothing. It is what it is. You know, we should not have to lie about what we do. You know, it's, it's so true. And I've said this so many times, there's a real authenticity to people who work in the adult industry. I think maybe it's something about being the black sheep of the entertainment industry. The fact that, you know, you guys are so vulnerable and open. I mean, you show all of your, you know, nudity to the entire world. And so there's something about that, which I don't know, like cultivates this kind of like brash honesty in the people that we work with. And I just love it. There's, there's like less pretense than there is with people who work in other forms of entertainment. I find. Well, we're real like Velveteen rabbit, real, you know, like we've been rubbed down to the point sex workers to where we're just real, you know, it's like, Oh, you can love. It's cool. But yeah, I think it's getting better. The stigma because I don't know, like Instagram fitness models have only fans now. So that's an interesting, that's a big deal. Yeah. Like, they're finally owning that, oh, I have 4 million followers on Instagram and 99% of them are jerking off to me. You know, like they're owning it. They're saying, okay, so, so that, that's a sex worker now. You know? Right. Even though they might not get naked, that they're making jerk off. You make it porn. People jerk off to you. It's, you know. So I think that's going to help. Yeah. 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 This is so true. Lance, thank you so much. This was a really awesome interview. It was so great to get to know you. I know we've never worked together before, so um, I very much enjoyed our conversation. Well, it's been super fun. Thanks for having me. It's been super cool. Of course. Cool. I hope your mood goes good. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah It'll be over next week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Get all the helpers. It's so worth Last time I moved, I, yeah. moved, I went overboard and so. Yeah, we um we're gonna try to pack everything ourselves. I mean, we have movers. Well, but, packing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I actually looked into having them pack for me, and it was gonna be like eight thousand dollars. It's so crazy. So I was like, yeah. never mind, I'll do it myself. Yeah, packing. But like, man, when you're moving and there's like extra goons, like you hire these goons, hired goons to move your stuff, and there's like four of them that looking for a box to move. That means you don't have to do anything. Like, yeah. 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 Once all the packing's done, we'll be, we'll be fine. So can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Go ahead and plug all your websites. I know you run a big network, so let people know. I mean, the easiest one is just pervout.com. Literally all my links are there, but on there, there's a uh, trans site called hot TS. There's a femdom site, which uh, I believe is the best femdom porn in the world called sweetfemdom.com. Uh, manupfilms.com is great if you're into sexy muscle men hypnotizing each other into sex or superheroes butt fucking each other or you know one of them's a robot it's all like nerdy gay porn with really mm-hmm. really hot muscle guys and big dicks and um, uh, Nikki Hartz is dyke down is on there um, JP from Kank is doing a site with me soon I'm really excited about that uh, so per route that's the network just go for Fantastic. And then what about social media? Where can they find you there? Uh, you go at uh, Lance Hart Fetish on Twitter and Lance Hart Official on Instagram. But 
Instagrams get deleted for us like every two years. So, I mean, who knows what it will be later, That's right? True. But That's when you go to Perv out, it'll always link out to one of those, you know, right? Perfect. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at Holly Randall and on Twitter at Holly Randall. Support this podcast. Go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. And Lance, again, thank you so much for your time. There's one of your cats. This is Jonesy. I thought this they were is, never going to. You can find him at jonesyfans.com. Um, <laughs> Jonesy fans is, uh, I think, his, he's got big feet. <laughs> Lance, thank you again so much. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It was so fun. And thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not-safe-for-work website hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can.